Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. Always the Party People Podcast. What antiques are we talking about this week? Do you want to talk about antique crime? Always. So we're going to talk about the Halstead Gallery of Michigan. In 2018, a gentleman by the name of Tom Halstead, a venerable gallery owner who specialized in fine art photography as he himself was a fine art photographer, passed away, leaving his daughter, Wendy Halstead, to inherit his gallery, the Halstead Gallery. The gallery had been running for about 50 years, and upon receipt of the gallery, she changed its name to the Wendy Halstead Gallery, which, that seems wrong. Really? It's her gallery. I guess, but like, when I inherited my dad's World of Warcraft guild, I didn't change the name of that. Why not? Because it was out of respect for my father. And he was alive, he is, so just don't, you know, just so you know. Yeah, just in case y'all think I'm being very grim. The man is alive today. Or not, not being extremely grim, it's just, I thought it was a funny inheritance to have. <laughs> Well, in 2020, a photojournalist named Ross Bauman contacts, now dead Tom Halstead, and got his daughter, now Wendy Halstead Beard, who explained of her father's passing, and they continued on to arrange to consign 20 high-value photo prints by such illuminated figures in the photography world as Diane Arbust and Richard Avedon. 20 pieces were valued collectively for $40,000, and the contract of consignment was one year. Now, consignment, if you're not sure, is a process where you entrust your goods to be sold by a second party, generally a business person or art dealer or antiques person. They will do the business of selling it for you for a cut of the profit, generally 15-25%. However, in May 2021, well after the agreement had expired, he lost his entire life's work in art collection in a house fire. He reached out to retrieve the photos from Beard, which he assumed were still in her possession given that he had never received notice that they had sold. And, well, another year passed. And then another year passed. <laughs> and then he never received any of the money or any of the prints or really any meaningful communication. Interesting. Another client, an elderly woman, whose name has never been given out, consigned a mural-sized Ansel Adams photograph, the Tetons and Snake River at Grand Teton National Park, a massive print. It had been valued at 625000 The 82-year-old client had agreed on a price of $685,000 with a 5% commission to the gallery. However, when the contract expired and the client reached out to receive their photograph print back, they received an interesting and unfortunately tragic message. It seemed that Beard was in the hospital, and not just for anything, she was getting a double lung transplant. Do they do those? They do. Um, it's pretty rare, and they don't do it all at once is the other thing. I was gonna say, I feel like you'd have to leave <laughs> at least one in there at a time, otherwise the whole system kind of goes down. That is correct, yes. But, you know, noting this is an 82-year-old woman with an anxiety-inducing amount of money on the line, I can see how you would let a detail like that get past you. There were two problems with this. Her lungs. Both of them. I mean, yeah, there was two problems. was both her lungs. There was financial information later uncovered that showed that she sold the print to a gallery in Jackson, Wyoming for $440,000. Now, you might notice several things. That she has the money and not her client. That that's a lot less than they agreed to. And also, as you so, as you so aptly pointed out, double lung transplants don't happen all at once. And what's more, the Network for Organ Sharing reported on investigation from the FBI there was no record of Beard ever being on a transplant list as either a recipient or a donor. I mean, that could just mean black market lungs both at once, but <laughs> I don't think that's what's happened here. I think when you put together the evidence, it doesn't seem likely. 
Another person came forward to police with a story about her 89-year-old father, who had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's years before, had sold five Ansel Adams, Eon Zupko, and Arnold Newman photographs on consignment. However, as with the others, the contract expired, and they heard nothing back, so the relative went to go get back the pictures. After months and months and months, Beard begrudgingly returns the photographs, only for, <laughs> only for the customer to find that they were not the right photographs. Uh-oh. One of them was a completely different picture entirely, and the other was the same picture, however missing the signature of Ansel Adams. This photo being Tanaya Creek, Dogwood Rain, Yosemite National Park, California. As it turned out, it had been replaced with a reproduction from the Yosemite Gallery gift shop. Whoa! <laughs> That's audacity! That is beyond audacity. It's Reaper? Oh my goodness. That, wh- what I am a, making a very good joke. What a joke. About audio programs. Absolutely what a joke. Thank you. Easily one of the jokes of all time. I think it's the joke, yeah. Now, there's yet another victim. A 72-year-old who had been a long time and fairly close friend of Beard was contacted by Beard and asked if she was interested in purchasing an Ansel Adams photograph titled Moonrise Hernandez for $73,000. The friend agreed, paid in two large lump sum personal checks, and, well, then nothing fucking happened. Interesting. Certainly no Ansel Adams photos happened. Now, upon weeks to months of reaching out and receiving no communique, Eventually, she does get an email from one of Beard's associates, employees, ostensibly, that said she was back on the computer finally, it had been a crazy last bit. Not all gone, but out of the months-long coma. From getting both lungs taken out at once and the doctors quickly realizing why they shouldn't do that? No, this was years later. She was in an unrelated medical coma. Of non-specific origin. One of those classes, I don't want to talk to you comas. It's your favorite, I don't have a good answer for you, so I'm in a coma comas. Fantastic. Now, you might be noticing that something seems extremely fucky right now. I mean, when one of your sources was the FBI, (laughs) I figured something might be up. Very astute. Well, like, as Ken has pointed out and was extremely obvious, I mentioned the FBI, and yes... The FBI became pretty concerned when amounts like this started adding up with disgruntled customers. And so they began their long, sneaky work. They discovered that (laughs) to her friend, which to me is still the wildest part, is this it was a friend of hers. This was actually the second time she had claimed to a disgruntled customer that she'd been in a coma. And because the FBI wanted to do their due diligence and make sure that she hadn't been in a coma, they started following her around. And two weeks before she sent the email saying that she had emerged from her second coma, they saw her walking around and driving around Detroit. In a coma? Incredible. (laughs) Well, uh, can you imagine the miracle that was her driving in a coma? Yeah. Wendy Halstead Beard has figured it all out. I'm assuming this is a side effect of having both lungs removed at once. Yes. It's the thing is that you can drive around in your your second coma. Yeah. There's a little known medical fact is that um, you can actually get so bored of being in a coma that your body gets up and does stuff. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. She got into a tragic basketball accident with Yu-Gi-Oh, and, uh, she's in a coma, she's got amnesia. Wow. (laughs) I know his name isn't Yu-Gi-Oh, it's just Yu-Gi. Yeah, that was the only flaw in the story. It really was. (laughs) So, the FBI, having already cottoned onto the fact that she had at no point been in a coma or had any problems with any of her lungs, decided to look into the employees who had sent these messages, worrying that they were complicit in whatever type of lie this was. 
And you'll never believe what they found, Ken. Oh my god, all of her employees are in comas. <laughs> she never had any. What? She never had a single fucking employee. They went through every bank account in the Wendy Halstead Gallery and found that there wasn't a single person on a payroll. Well, maybe they're all under the table like her organ transplants. Well, it's more. When they analyzed the email addresses that had sent these messages about all of the different comas, that all the fun and exciting comas she was in, they were all coming from out of her cell phone. The company phone. The company phone, which is one thing of her- The one <laughs> cell phone you get to share with all of your employees, yeah. Yeah, of her extremely secret, paid-under-the-table employees. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that she's been wrongfully accused. <laughs> uh, so, as the intervention of the FBI might also have tipped you off to, uh, she was arrested. On what ground? Yeah, wire fraud, mostly. <laughs> well, you know, that is a federal charge, which sucks to have. Uh, at some point, Beard's lawyer Steve Fishman, which is a fantastic name for a lawyer, confirmed in an interview that she was expected to take a plea deal. That was the only thing that was said about the case. But, however, even with striking the deal, she will be forced to repay all proceeds obtained through the fraudulent schemes, which, as far as anyone can tell, was her entire business with the gallery, and surrender any assets acquired. Both lungs. Oh, yeah. Give them back immediately. Now, the recent update is that she did, in fact, plead guilty. Really? Why? Well, you know, maybe it was coerced, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> After stealing hundreds of photos to the tune of what ended up being $1.6 million, she pled guilty and, despite the assumption that she has some sort of plea deal going on, could still be sentenced up to 20 years in prison in addition to the forfeiture of her assets and the demand that she pay people back. How is she going to pay them back after she's forfeited all her assets? Well, the assets are just the items. Does she still have them? Well, okay, so this is the part where now I'm just going to rip on this chick for a bit. The thing that really gets to me about this story is that she was already a millionaire. Oh. Oh, okay. She was the surviving child of Tom Halstead, who was already a millionaire. She had inherited his extremely successful legacy gallery, which guaranteed had done and would continue to do high-end deals, which is, you know, I don't know how to explain to anyone is where money comes from. <laughs> so the big question is fucking why? business hard, actually? Lying is a lot harder. Is it? The thing about lying is that when you lie about $600,000, it's that's like the hardest mode you can lie on. Because people don't like drop it. You know, like if someone lies about eating your corn dog, like eventually they're going to be like, this isn't worth it. I will never forget. Well, <laughs> Ken will beat you to death with his fists. Don't let him catch you. <laughs> you know who you are. None of the articles covered this, except that uh, the focus that all of the victims were elderly, which is the second extremely grisly realization that she expected them to die before they would come collect. The perfect crime, almost. Because there's no way that you exclusively defraud elderly people in their late 80s. The end goal is either they're going to forget because they're going to die, or they'll die, which is the ultimate form of forgetting that I owe you money. Now that's speculation, that's me saying that, but knowing other people who've made a habit of defrauding seniors, that is the motivation. But yeah, that is the short, brutal story of Wendy Halstead Beard, and how she decided to destroy the legacy of the gallery to steal from old people the coolest and sexiest of the crimes. And also why I am extremely leery of selling things on consignment. That's, yeah. Frankly, <laughs> that's not a system I trust. Yeah, so another tangential reason why I wanted to bring up the case other than, like, I was happy to see that it is almost concluded. There's no sentencing, but there is a, a plea entered. 
Is it, man, Elder Fraud is out there, man. People will absolutely take advantage of old people. It is, like, the oldest crime in antiques art collectibles. I mean, yeah, AARP has an entire department dedicated to preventing it. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if this is a hot take, I think Ken's completely correct. I think you have to be extremely careful when you're dealing with consignment situations. You need a paperwork trail. You need to keep track, you need to stay on it because it's very easy to be taken advantage of in a consignment situation. And at that point, it's almost as much work as selling the damn thing on your own, so do that. I mean, I can see situations where consignment might be the option if that is absolutely the only path that you can really see forward. Do a ton of research, find someone who has an extremely good reputation, talk to everyone all the time, seek out previous customers and see how the process went for them. And if anything seems fishy, absolutely run. Again, that sounds like about as much or more work than selling the item on my own without getting any third parties involved. Yeah, but I think it's an, it's an issue of, it's easier now than ever before, but it's an issue of what's the scale that you're selling on. If you have an entire collection, that's going to be absolutely exhausting to deal with on your own if you're not already a hobbyist. And it's going to be absolutely exhausting keeping track of every piece in someone else's shop and making sure they're up to- Absolutely. I think it's good advice to say that you're going to have to put in the work either way. Right, but putting in the work one of these ways, I don't get ripped off by a third party. Sure, but in one of these ways, I can have a storefront that already has customers, and I won't have to deal with a million extremely annoying messages on fucking Facebook Messenger. Like, especially with larger collections, I do see the appeal, because you have a built-in customer base, ideally. I don't know why you would be consigning with someone who you don't know is selling things already. <laughs> and a storefront and someone else to handle the taxes and legalities um, if you're dealing with large, like I said, large volumes equals large costs, large, large amounts of money. The government really doesn't like to see you moving around without documentation. And so for taxes and stuff, consignment can be useful. But like Ken said, you do have to put in the work. And it is very much worth asking yourself, is it going to be worth it to deal with the hassles of consigning? But yeah, look out Look out for your grandma and grandpa. Look out for your elders. Make sure they're only getting one lung at a time. Yeah, one lung at a time. One coma every five years. Max. Uh, as recommended by the official National Coma Society of the United States. It's not a real thing. I'm. That's a lie. No? But yeah, you know, make yourself available to help and make sure they're not getting scammed. It can happen to anyone. It could happen to you. So be the hero you would want to have. Sources for today include Common Sense. <laughs> FBI.gov. It's actually under violent crimes. I guess they really ripped those lungs out of her, huh? <laughs> well, they, well, they said to repossess the assets, you know? NewYorkTimes.com. Photo fraud. Wendy Halston Beard. FBI. AntiqueTrader.com. Michigan Art Fraud. HyperAllergic.com. Swindled Seniors in Fraud Scheme. TheRobReport.com. Wendy Beard Art Fraud. ArtNews.com. Wendy Halstead Beard Guilty. USAToday.com, Michigan Art Dealers, Seniors, Fraud, FBI. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly, antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You can post on our Facebook group, Antiques Freaks Friends. You can tag us on Tumblr, antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com, or you can check out our Instagram at instagram.com slash antiquesfreaks. If you are an old person who doesn't want to be swindled, feel free to scroll on down to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a five-star review. Will that help? <laughs> no. The joke is that I'm swindling them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you're anyone of any age and you were nodding along, maybe kind of snorting air out of your nose in mild amusement, feel free to scroll on down wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a five-star review. 
If you would like to pick up a variety of non-consignment vintage goods, check out our Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash antiquesfreaks. And if you need more antiquesfreaks in your week, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where every week we read and review a chapter of the Victorian Penny Dreadful of Varney the Vampire, the Feast of Blood. Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right. You. Au revoir. Goodbye.